You're about to listen to Grace Pills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor at Caris Center International. Reverend Josh Lai is a preacher of the gospel of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be blessed as you listen. And I received a car. Then the CEO of this young man looked at him and said, you know what? Is that all your God can do? From today, you have to start worshipping me. And then the guy said, why? He said, I'm going to dash you a car. So, worship me. I'm sure the guy was struck with the reality of his faith. If that is what your God is all about, then your God only does things that men can easily do. So let me speak to the issue. What really is the issue? What is this faith all about? This faith is about God coming through for man to do for man what man cannot do for himself. The gospel we preach is not about anything that man can do. Because if man can do it, then man does not need God. I think that the whole problem of the gospel is that we all have gotten the Genesis story wrong. And in the Genesis story, in other words, with the creation story, what most of us have been taught is this, that the moment God created man, he created man, and man became like God. And then man sinned. And then the moment man sinned, God gave up on him. Now, listen. The first question, at least you can ask logic is this if man was truly made in that image of God which is a life of perfect and immortality how would he be able to sin how And since you <laughs> were born, where did you rally? Yesterday I engaged a Muslim and I asked him one question and from that time on he couldn't speak again till we finished the conversation. I asked him, how do you think that your spirituality or your spiritual identity is by biological birth? How? How can you say that you are a Christian because your mother is a Christian? Spirits give birth to spirits. True or false? Natural things give birth to natural things. So there is no way you can be a Christian 
by biological birth. So when man created Adam and Eve, Genesis 1.27 does not speak to what happened then. It speaks to a promissory note. God created man and man was not spiritual. He was natural. Man was not mortal. At the same time, he was not immortal. Man is now to choose their spiritual identity by the function of their will. Otherwise, the will of man that God gave him is not important. If God will force himself on man, hello? Each of every human being is their will. The function of that will. By that will, they can allow God. Or by that will, they can miss God. Hello. It is their choice to make. It is their choice. But definitely it comes with the consequences. With a positive or negative. So when God said, let us make man in our own image and likeness. In the image of God created he them. Before he talked about created them, male and what? Female. So man was created without gender. God gave them a body of gender. To function on this earth. But in their spiritual identity. There is no male nor female. So there is nothing like a male spirit. And a female spirit. Are you getting the point? And that is why. Your faith cannot be by biological birth. Because if it is. Then you have a male and a what? Female. Galatians 3.27 There is neither male nor female. Free nor bond. Jew nor Greek. Because in the beginning he made us one. Oh, praise God. So, Adam was given the privilege to choose. You can eat of the tree of life. Or you can eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Now, the Bible is very heavy on figures of speech. Those trees were not literal. Those trees were figurative. Don't forget that the one who wrote Moses was an intellectual from Egypt. And in those days, Egypt was the most civilized. And so he wrote with a literature or a literary approach. So most of the things you see there were coined in the language that men will understand in those days. And that is why when we are interpreting scripture, we don't just read the English and then say, oh, so the a tree. So you begin to imagine a tree of life sitting there. And then Adam will take that tree, that fruit, and then begin to eat. Or tree of knowledge of good and evil. Then they begin. To, I'm sure that's what you've imagined all these years. Okay. For the fig tree, which was the first tree that was mentioned literally, we still know, and we can still eat of fig trees. True or false? So, 
Where did the tree of life and the tree of knowledge and evil go? If they were literal. They disappeared. No. The tree of knowledge and of good and evil. Let me start with the tree. Trees represent natures. Everybody say natures. Because the nature of a thing bears the fruit of that thing. So Moses used trees figuratively to speak to the natures represented. So the nature of life, immortal, which is the God life, that was God's intention for man, is what Moses referred to as the tree of life. And then the tree of knowledge of good and evil, which is the nature of life apart from God. The nature of life apart from God. So, if you don't take God's nature, God's life, you will become evil because you can live apart from God. Hello? Because it is God's life that would make you have the nature of God. In the nature of God, there's immortality. There's all goodness. There's all kindness. Are you getting the point? So if you do not take of his nature, then you would actually take of the nature of good and what? So you now become a matter that is evil. Because you were not made to live apart from him. Hello? But God didn't give that to you because it's not in his nature. You chose to be apart from him. So you chose it by the function of your will. Praise God. Okay. The word eat is the word believe. So the eating there is also figurative. So it's not like, oh, something that they were literally eating. And therefore, if you realize in our languages, eating and faith or belief go together. The trees will say GD. The girls will say Hemo. Oh, yeah, good. In the language of whatever, you can see that the interpretation goes same. So, Moses was communicating that they should believe. They were given the opportunity to believe the God who gives eternal life and that becomes their nature. They should believe the God who is life immortal and they will live in immortality. If they choose not to believe, then they are going to be on their own. And because they were made like fishes that belong to the sea, without the sea, they are lifeless. Man also became lifeless because by the function of their will, they did not choose their maker. So, the devil who is Satan who actually was meant to be a ministry angel for Adam coveted man's position and deceived man. He told them something which looked like true, but was a lie. He told man, 
if you eat of yourself, which is the tree of knowledge of good and what? Evil. Your eyes will be what? Open. And you become like gods. The devil has no power. He has proposals. And that has been his method till today. Anywhere you see evil, it is man that does the evil. The devil only proposes. Yeah. Wherever you see evil, it is man that does it by the function of their will. The devil only proposes. He influences by speaking, by talking, by suggesting. He actually looks at your desire, the desire you have, and he will entice you by your own desire so that your desire becomes your trap. Hello? So he deceived them. And so they did not believe. They disobeyed God, believed in themselves. And so they became gods of themselves. So he was right. Your eyes will be open. And you become like God. He didn't tell them you become your own God. So from then on, man became his own God. He is the one who now determines his own right and his own wrong. His own good and his own word. So when you're talking to somebody who tell you, leave me, this is my life. He's speaking from Genesis. I am my own God. I do what I like. I do what I please. There are many of us who even grew up in the church. We're on fire for Jesus. But we were moved by this same lie of the enemy. And now we speak the enemy's language. I do what I like. Because you just got some small money. You just got some small position. You just got some small fame. So you think, I am my own. Peter realized this easily. When Jesus said, if you want to walk with me, you have to eat my flesh. Drink my blood. What is he saying? He's saying, go back to Genesis and see how Adam disobeyed. My life was a tree. Adam did not eat it. Everybody was going. And Jesus asked him, Peter, are you also going? Peter said, no. To whom shall we go? Thou alone has the words of eternal life. In you we live. In you we move. In you we have our being. Yeah. But listen. Genesis gives us 
the character of this God of grace. That he's a good God. And in him cannot be evil. You know, there are people when they advise you. And they say, oh, do this. If you don't do that, it comes with these consequences. So they take you through everything. They advise you, they counsel you. And it's a good counsel. And then maybe you leave them and say, I won't do it. Or you tell them, I'll try. But you didn't do it. You neglected it. You know what? They are waiting for you to face the consequence. And as a matter of fact, they are waiting to tell you, I told you so. True or false. But do you know that God is not like that? God is all good. In his omniscience, he already knew that man, by the function of his will, will fail. So even before he created everything, he had already made a plan that man will be redeemed. Hallelujah. That's how good this God is. And look at what he did. He knows that there's a law that he himself has put in place. That you will give birth to your own what? Kind. So, so far as Adam chose himself, then in Adam, there will be the produce of Adam's kind. Hello? Is that correct? So what it means is that anybody that comes through the Adamic race will be of sin. And therefore, salvation cannot come through them. So God planned beforehand that he himself will come. And since is the man that gives the seed, he will not come through another male man. But he would make the female man carry the seed of God. So that the seed did not come from the Adamic race. But the seed came from God. But it is carried by man. Oh, praise God. And he actually used the culture of man with regards to how man now crucifies sin to be able to die the death of the criminal within the culture of man so that he can pay for the price of man's sin. In a legal way. So that he will still be the just God that he is. In other words. He did not flout his own law that he put in place. He followed due protocol. To redeem man by himself. Oh praise God. So what happened to man? When man sinned. Man was separated from God. So what it is is that man died. Because man became lifeless. He died in two ways. In the first way, he was separated spiritually from God. Because man is a spirit. And carries a body. Hello? The spirit is permanent. The body is temporal. So now, because of sin, which affected the spirit of man, now man in the body will die. Hello? Because the spirit of man now has been polluted. So man will now die in the physical. 
So although Adam lived over 900 and something years, he still died in the body. So death now came upon man. So man dies spiritually and also dies physically. So Jesus went on the cross. And on the cross, in Matthew 27, he cried out. He said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why would God cast him off and cast him out of his presence? Why? Is it drama? Is it Hollywood? No. He was crying on behalf of man. That now, when Adam was cast out of the garden, because man sinned, in other words, man was cut out of God's presence, in that same way, now, man has been cast out. And now somebody who is God is paying that price for man. So now, because that price is paid, man will be cast out no more. So there can be no separation between man and God anymore. Oh, praise God. So you see, the moment he cried out, things that were against man began to now shift for man. Including nature and everything in it began to shift because there's been an exchange. Man moved from God in the garden. Now God has moved to man on the cross. After that, he died physically. So, he died both spiritually and also now died what? Bible said he gave up the he gave up the he gave up the listen, there are certain things we have said for a long time and you never even see it in the Bible. You see it only once in Job and now everybody uses it. God gives. The God who gives, he takes. Hey. So now God has a dual character. So God takes people's life. God, the giver of life, takes people's life. But how come Jesus gave up the ghost? How come he never said that David was called by God? He said, David saved his generation and he what? Died. So, everybody who is the patriarch, we have seen them, they themselves what? Died. It's not God that took their lives. Why do we die? Because the body is now suffering death because of mortality. So, every man must know that at the point they what? It is not because God took their lives. It's because now the systems in their body has gotten tired to a point. And number two, the person themselves now decide that I'm tired. That's why almost everybody, some may not say it for you to hear, but when they're about to die, they say, I am tired. I don't want to live in live anymore. I've gone through this day. And they, they give up their ghost. It's not God who takes their lives. God does not give. He says the gifts of God are without repentance. What he means is that when God gives you something, he doesn't take it back. That's why some children grow up and they are bitter against God. Why did God take my mom? Why did God take my dad? This God, is he a good God? 
God did not take your mom. God did not take your dad. Your mom got tired in her body and decided it's okay. Why is it okay? Because if a believer dies, they are going into the perfect place. I remember very clearly when my mom was about to die. She died of cancer. We prayed. But I can tell you for a fact that I didn't know what I know today. I didn't understand so many things. Oh God. You were a good God. At the last minute, she said, I have seen where I'm going. It's a beautiful place. I don't want to stay here anymore. It was our 10th wedding anniversary. So we were somewhere when they called us. When we came, she said, sing for us. Sing for me. So we sang for her. Said, Just worship. Worship for her. Do you know what? She said, okay, you can go. We're on our way going. They told us she's going to be with the Lord. She's going to be with the Lord. She has gone to be with the Lord. At a point, Apostle Paul was asking the Philippian church. I don't know. Should I die or should I live? And he was tossing between the two. If I die, I can't help you to grow spiritually because I know you need me in this season to grow into maturity. If I also die, I'm going to into the perfect place because I'm going to be with the Lord. Hello? Did you hear him call God into the matter? No. 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 He was deciding. And then he said, I decide to live so I can help you. When it was time that he was tired, he said, I have finished my work. I have finished my course. Now lays before me the crown. The Christian puts their life down. God does not take their life. Are you here with me? So, when Jesus died, he went into the grave. He went to the ground, into the earth. For three days, three nights. Why? Because when man sinned, the consequence of sin is death. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. So the wages of sin, unbelief, that you don't believe God, leads you to eternal death. But the gift of God in the image of God, Christ, will lead you to eternal life. So anybody that does not die in Christ would face eternal death. So Jesus says, let me go to the ground and die in the ground for three days. Go to Hades where people face eternal death when they die. Eternal damnation where they die so that I will pay that price for every man past, present, future, three days. It is three days figuratively because man lives on this earth in these three times. Past, Present, future. 
So he took care of our past, our present, our future. So that every man on the face of the earth, ones that were saved, ones that were not saved, ones that will be saved, all of them are taken care of. So now, if a believer dies, or if a man, let me even put it generally, a man dies, they would not have to die eternally in hate. But they can rise up again with him. When he was done, he now resurrected. Praise God. Why? Because God, in Christ, now gave his life back to him. Because the deal was done. The job was done. His resurrected life now went to show himself to the father. Ah, I have atoned for the sins of my people. Now whatever you accrue to me, accrue to them. Now Adam's sin does not matter anymore. Because now I have taken care of Adam's sin. Now I have resurrected and the life that I have, I now give to them. How are they going to receive it? All they need to do is that Adam did not believe. If they will believe. What was accrued to them through Adam, I also accrued to them through my life. Praise God. Are you here with me? So all one needs to do is to be in the death, burial, resurrection. And when they believe, they shall live. And they shall live forever. Praise God. God. I'm sure the person is asking, ah, so this thing they are talking, so ah, he said, God, Jesus spoke and said, my God, my God. So if you say Jesus is God, how is Jesus now talking to the Father? God, hey, uh, what is this confusion? Let me explain it to you. Now, God is one God. But God decided to redeem man by revealing himself in three functions. Praise God. So what you call the Trinity, the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, is the revelation of God in redemption for man. He revealed himself first as the Father. So now the sons of men have sinned against their Father. The Father does not see that the sons of men will get lost. So now the father comes in the form of a son so that he can redeem the sons of men. <laughs> Praise God. Are you getting the point? Good. And after redeeming them, he now gave them his spirit, his life. Are you here? So now, the sons of men became now the sons of God with the life of God. Is that very clear now? So when you hear say, and then Jesus spoke to the father, Jesus was speaking in the functional role of the son. Who is to now die for the sons of men? <laughs> Is that very clear? So God's revelation of himself in redemption is what you call the Trinity. God in three persons. It doesn't mean that God is three. 
So when you go to heaven, you will see God the Father sitting here. God the Son. And then God the Holy Spirit sitting there. And then you imagine, in what form are they going to be? Which chair are they going to sit on? How are they going to sit on it? Who is bigger than who? Oh, are you here with me? No. The Trinity, it's God revealing himself as the father whom the sons offended, yet the father is not offended because it's not in his nature. He, he is grieved, but he doesn't get offended. Are you here with me? He is grieved. He gets sad that his children are not following his ways. But he does not accuse them to condemn them. He can rebuke them. He can exhort them. But he does not give up on them. Never. So he already made a plan. So he can redeem them. With the son who also is shown us the pattern of how God's sons and daughters should be. So by that, we know our nature. That's why when you now get born again, you get born again with the spirit of God. Your spirit is now recreated. The Adamic spirit is no more. Now the Christ spirit lives in you. So now, you are like God. When you are walking on this earth, you walk like God on this earth. You are God's representative on this earth. You are not after the likeness or the pattern of Adam anymore. You never must say, Me Adam Nanaba. You are no more Adam Nanaba. You are now Christ. Christ replica. You are a child of God. Oh, praise God. That is who you are. That is your status now. So now, if this is your status, how can you exchange this with things that are material? How? How can you devalue the permanent to be greater, a more motivator than the permanent? So, you see, if you're a believer and you are driven by materialism, you don't know who you are. You are suffering from identity crisis. It shows that you are not growing spiritually. You know that when you take your children somewhere, sometimes you have a very big house with beautiful things. But you take your children somewhere and they see the toy of their friend. All of a sudden, they forget about the big house you have. They forget about all the toys you've bought for them. And they see that toy of their friend and it's like that is the world to them. That is the way most Christians behave. I pray that we will refocus our understanding of him will be deepened so that we can know ourselves. Praise God. I pray that we continue to feed on him and we continue to live the life of prayer. I pray that the jabbings and the fiery darts of the enemy will not find their way in your mind and in your heart because the word of God is your stronghold. I pray that nothing holds you captive. Not sleep. Oh yes. Not sleep. 
Sleep is good for the body. But it is not good for the spirit. It is good for the body because it must help the body to be strong so the spirit can do its work. That is why sleep is good. But when you sleep too much, you are retiring your spirit. Only to feed your body. And very soon, because your spirit is that which powers your body, you are going to have problems with your body spiritually and you suffer unnecessary attacks because you are not watching and praying you are not alert <laughs> that's why solomon gives us an example of two prostitutes and he says one of them slept they slept so much that they slept on their baby. Hello? The woman slept on her baby. And then the other one too. She also slept so hard that when this woman found that she had slept on her baby, she was able to exchange her dead baby with the live baby of this other woman. Hey. I'm beginning to imagine what sleeping tablet they took. But that's what sleep does. Jesus even gave an example. He said a man sowed seeds. Instead of watching, he was sleeping. The moment he slept, the enemy came and sowed tears. So Jesus said, watch and pray so that you do not fall into temptation. Anytime you see being defeated in temptation, check your prayer life. Yes. Like I told us, it's not the devil. No. It is us. It's our desires that leads us into what? Sin. It is what the devil entices us with. But when we pray, we trap our desires so that we can function in the will of God, not in what we desire to do. That's why you need to pray. And he tells us to pray always. I pray that we'll live a life of prayer. Now, there's a young man called Timothy. And Paul used him as an example to many. Let me read what Paul said about Timothy. Philippians chapter 2, verse 19 to 22. This is what Paul said about Timothy. If the Lord is willing, I will send Timothy to see you soon. Then when he comes back, he can cheer me up by telling me, all about you and how you are getting along. Verse 20. There is no one like Timothy for having a real interest in you. Everyone else seems to be worrying about his own plans and not those of Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, is the 22 that kills me off. He said, but you know Timothy. In other words, 
you bear witness of Timothy. Paul is saying, I'm not the only one saying this. We all know him. He has been just like a son to me in helping me preach the good news. Praise God. Now, how did Timothy begin? How did Timothy become like this? Did he just wake up to become like this? Look at 2 Timothy 1.5. 2 Timothy 1.5. He says, I remember your genuine faith. For you shared the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois. And your mother Eunice. And I know that same faith continues strong in you. So Timothy had a training from his grandmother through to his mother. And that same faith continued with Timothy. Praise God. No wonder Solomon said, train up a child the way he should go. And when he grows, he will not depart from it. In 2 Timothy 3.15, Apostle Paul said again about Timothy, he said, and that from childhood, you have been taught the holy scriptures from childhood and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Jesus. Timothy was taught the scriptures from his childhood. None of us knew because we were even not there that Timothy would be an inspiration to all of us today. That anytime you want to talk about loyalty, integrity, service, consistency, Timothy is the one you will speak about. Somebody taught Timothy. His grandmother did the work. His mother continued with the work. And Timothy became what we all now have witnessed in the word of God that he is. Amen. Grace, glorious grace At the cross You called it finished Thank you for listening to Grace Bills by Reverend Josh Lai, Lead Pastor, Caris Center International. We believe the word has begun a good work in you. May God's amazing grace lead you to a peaceful and joy-filled life. Caris Center International Living Heaven on Earth <laughs>